Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Small Town Nerdcast. I'm your host, Brian, and today we have a pretty, I want to say hefty show for you guys. Not really, but there's just, I got a lot of catching up to do, man. Last year, if you are a Marvel fan, was a fantastic year. Marvel put out nine different projects, um, ranging from movies to television shows, and, you know, everyone has already gone through their top nine, li- there were nine of them, so, you know, they've ranked them all, and I've always had a ranking in my mind, I've just never been able to share it with people, and so today, that's what I'm going to do here on the podcast. We also have a bunch of other little things I wanted to talk about, so before we get into our Marvel 9 rankings, I wanted to talk a little bit about some new stuff, and then just what I've been up to, man. So let's just hit the news first, because that's the boring part, and really there's not much of it, but the big thing, and it's video game stuff. I've been video game heavy um, the start of this podcast, and that might be by design. I don't know. I've been gaming a lot here in 2022. Um, Halo came out in like January. Now, Pokemon Legends Arceus is out, or Arceus, I call it Arceus, Uh, I could be wrong in my pronunciation, but like those games have dropped, and I've just been really big into those, so like this year so far is like the year of the video game for me, but um, anyway, speaking, and like last week we even talked, uh, Microsoft made huge news by purchasing Activision for like an ungodly amount of money, and Sony to what uh, one of my friends from Colt 45 Brandon could only describe as a reactionary purpose uh, purchase uh, from Sony. They went out and bought Bungie. Uh, Of course, Bungie is like this really cool studio that's famous for the Halo series over in Microsoft, which, oh yeah, they don't do anymore because that's 343 Studios and Microsoft. That's their in-house studio. Um, But don't worry, they have... uh, Destiny? Yeah, Destiny. And Destiny 2, that uh, game that I played for a little bit. Like, Okay, so I played the first Destiny quite a bit. and I, it, I mean, it was quick. It was easy. It was fun. There was a lot of cool stuff that it, it, it did and implemented that I like, such as it being uh, an online game where you played solo or you could play co-op, but then there were community events within the level. So something would happen and then other players could join in. So it wouldn't be just you. Uh, It would be you and whoever was online that was in that server could all come together in this little community event and tackle this boss, which was a great idea. It's a really cool idea. I really enjoy that. And I, I kind of wish other games would do it. Uh, one of my other favorite looter shoot, shooters that I play, The Division, I wish implemented something similar to that. They do have a PvP area where you can work together. So it's like a PvPVEP PvPVP. Yeah, <laughs> all the letters. <laughs> uh, the Division is a scary game, which not a lot of people play, but the ones that still do are bloodthirsty maniacs that just like to wreck my world every time I try to go into a PvP area. But that's what I get, right, for trying to get better loot. Anywho, yeah, so Sony is throwing $3.6 billion at Bungie. Um, I'm really not sure where, like, look, man, 
Microsoft is not feeling the hurt from this at all. Because, <laughs> I mean, and even like with the Activision purchase, you know, it's not like Activision's going to go Xbox only, you know. They're going to put out, like, and I mean, that should be the goal. You're going to put out games for as many consoles as you can because that's going to get as much money as you possibly can, you know. But now you're going to get exclusives for Xbox people first. And that's kind of where what I see these purchases as is like you're purchasing for the exclusivity of these games. The same with Destiny. Like if there's going to be new Destiny games, there's still going to be a multi-platforms game. You're just going to get Sony exclusives. So like I'm not freaking out about all this, but it is kind of funny to see like Microsoft does this one week and then the next week Sony's like, whoa, hey, hey, we're doing cool stuff too. Just come over here. <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of the big news that I wanted to cover this week. You know, I thought it was kind of funny. Um, I mentioned a little bit about this, but this week and like this whole month, I've just, I say a whole month. It's only, the game's only been out for like three days, but I've been nonstop playing Pokemon Legends Arceus. It's the open world Pokemon game. And I got to tell you first, I, I man, I've, I've played, I don't even know how many, I've definitely put in up to 10 hours into this game. Maybe, well, maybe probably eight to 10 hours, somewhere around there. And I'm probably going to put in a lot more tonight, but I just can't get enough of this game, man. It's still simple Pokemon. It's running around, battling, and training, but there's just more to it now. There's missions, there's side quests, there's it's an open world game, and it is almost it is very it is it's pushing its way towards becoming Breath of the Wild, but with Pokemon. Now there's still some things about it that, you know, Breath of the Wild blows it out of the water. But for a Pokemon game, this is probably one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had in a while. It streamlines the way you battle, the way you interact with the world. And I'm just enjoying the ever-loving shit out of it, man. Um, there's no, to my knowledge so far, and I'm only so far into the game right now, there's no gems to like go battle. At least I haven't come across any. It's a quest where these so far what's happening is like these not legendary Pokemon, but sorry, I'm trying to think how, how they call them. They're just like these really grand and protectors type Pokemon that go on a frenzy and it's your job to try to quell them. At least that's what I've done with one of them so far. And it's like, you had to, dodge it like because these pokemon really attack you they don't go after your pokemon you like to keep them from killing you you have to throw pokemon in their way to like spare your life so it it's fun like i've dodged pokemon i've run away from them i've i've done all these crazy fun things that make you feel like oh this is a very real world a real vision of pokemon and what it would be like if we were actually going out trying to catch kill monsters that were trying to kill you. Like it's that type of game. And I can't help, but love every moment of this. I've seen people hate on it. I've seen people say things they don't like about it, but all I'm seeing is my childhood come to life. Like I'm loving every bit of it. The story is pretty interesting. It's at least it's engaging enough to make me want to keep going. But 
taking my Pokemon around and leveling up and battling right now isn't getting old. It's a lot of fun. I'm having a great time with it. Um, they've adapted some techniques that I like from, what was it, the Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee series where even though not all of your Pokemon may participate in a battle, they gain experience from battles. So you don't you don't have to go through like this thing that I do because if you guys follow my streams on Twitch, you know when I'm trying to level up a really low level Pokemon, I have to put it out first, then switch to a stronger Pokemon, and then that Pokemon ends up taking damage before the fight even begins because you know I had to waste a turn switching them out. Well, you know with the, that with the new technique where everyone gets experience as long as they're not fainted you don't have to go grind that way. You know, your low level Pokemon will gain experience just sitting on the bench until it's strong enough where you can actually take it out to fight other Pokemon. And there's Pokemon you can ride. Uh, right now I only have two. One of them is just a fast runner. The other one can dig for like buried treasure type th situations. I don't know about that. He found me a ball of mud the last time we dug for treasure. So yeah, see how useful that fucker is. But I'm enjoying it, man. I'm having a lot of fun. I haven't enjoyed a video game like this, like a child, and I can't even tell you how long. It's been that long. Like Even though I love Halo, when Halo dropped, I played the hell out of that and grinded on that. It didn't leave me with the same whimsical feeling that Pokemon Legends is, is giving me. Like This is so much fun. It's in a world that's takes place before any of the Pokemon games. So like the Pokeball technology is new and people don't necessarily agree with it. So it's very interesting to see this all play out and how it's going to go forward. Like it's just a lot of fun and it's an isekai people. I didn't even tell you like I, that I'd bury the lead right there. This is an isekai. You're in people who aren't, you know, anime nerds, weebs like me. Uh, that means it's like, you came from a, from a different world into this world. There's like a giant doom cloud in the sky that's also like a space-time portal, and you fell out of it. Like, your character that you are falls out of this portal and into this world, and it was just crazy. Like, I didn't know that's how this game was going to be. I thought it was just going to be a prequel game, but things are really getting interesting, and there's two factions that were at odds with each other but are now working together but it seems like something's going on right now between the two as far as where i'm at in the storyline so i'm really interested to see this galaxy team that i'm a part of i don't really know what their deal is but they're like trying to be innovators they're the ones who came up with the pokeballs and i'm scared this is a precursor to team rocket somehow like i don't know how all this is going to play out but i'm so into it i can't wait to see how this story goes and where my place in this story is like i'm just i'm so excited man and that's why i spent pretty much half the podcast talking about this game another big thing that came out uh one of my favorite comic books is now back from hiatus and it's kind of like one of the reasons why i wanted to start the podcast back up is because i knew this comic was going to be coming out soon and that's the saga series if you guys haven't read saga from image comics it started printing in 2012 it is now an issue 55 they usually do like six to yeah probably like five five to six issues and then they take like a half a year break that like that's how they've done it but it's the same 
writer and the same artist from issue one up till now. And that that's just how they're able to do it is they take these breaks so that the artist can work on the artwork and there's no decline in any of the art. There's no decline in any of the story because they're not pumping out an issue every two weeks like, you know, Marvel, DC and all that do. They take their time. They craft this well thought out, beautifully written are beautifully artistically drawn story that I just can't get enough of. Uh, if you guys were fans of my podcast, the Bri-Fi podcast, um, which was previous to small town nerd cast, I have talked about saga in length, like so much so because it's one of my all time favorite stories. So I won't go into it too much here. Maybe I can post or repost an old episode where I talk about saga because my God, dude, this one of my favorite comic books. I mean, and just to kind of give the short spiel of it all, it is like all the best parts from Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, um, Romeo and Juliet, um, just fairy tales, and just it, it it perfectly combines fairy tale and sci-fi and romance and family, like a family story, all into one. It's it's heartfelt it's brutal it's sexy it's just god man it it is everything and this comic book has always been fantastic it's never shied away from big subjects or like really heavy things it doesn't sugarcoat anything it is definitely not for children um maybe young like teen or older readers like mature enough readers because this is a very adult book with adult situations but it's a good heartfelt story that i think a lot of people would enjoy and have a lot of fun reading so definitely if you haven't heard of saga please look it up at least google it or something watch videos on it on youtube listen to my podcast about it or my ex podcast about it on my youtube i think it's on there somewhere if not i will post it on there so you guys can hear it and I'll post links to it and all that jazz. But hands down, one of my favorite books, guys and gals and yeehaws and yeenaws or whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get country with it. But God, man, I love Saga. I'm so happy it's back. Um, it's got me buying comics again. You know, I even picked up the last few issues of Ascender that I've been missing that I, I didn't even realize I was missing these last few issues. Uh, and I need to get back to reading. There's some stories I still haven't finished. Um, so Ascender, that's an image comic as well. And that one's a sci-fi story about a AI boy robot who gets separated from his human boy. And then it turns out robots try to kill all of humanity. And it's kind of the fallout of that and humanity trying to come back from that. Uh, well, it starts in a book called Descender. And then the story continues in Ascender. Uh, and... And then magic gets involved in Ascender because then like Descender, it's all sci-fi. It's like all robots versus humans. And then in Ascender, things get very weird and very fantasy with the sci-fi as well. So it's a really cool but strange contrast in the story. But it all makes sense and it's all perfectly awesome. The other book that I need to finish that I finally completed is Outcast, which is another image comic and this one's by Robert Kirkman um, and it's a demonic possession 
story and it's really crazy really creepy but also it's like a a superhero type thing too not and i won't say superhero but like the protagonist can fight against demons in in like exorcism type way but like punching the shit out of them type way so it's kind of interesting and really cool and so like i think i was five issues till the end so i'm really excited to uh, finally finish that story so there's a lot of stuff i need to finish and catch up on and i'm currently looking for new stuff you know i'm scoring the internet i'm scouring the internet score searching the internet there we go that's a easy word that i can correctly use and pronounce and searching the internet for something new something cool to look at and so I'm, I'm just looking for stories, man. I'm not really looking for Marvel or DC stories because um, I'm still kind of on the fence about whether or not I want to get Marvel Unlimited because once I get Marvel Unlimited, then pretty much all Marvel comics are off the table buying physically because, and I mean, I probably never will because eventually I'm going to get Marvel Unlimited. I don't know if I want to get it now or just wait, you know, six months from I don't know. We'll see how long it takes before I finally break i'll probably buy it by the end of this episode but (laughs) i know once i buy marvel unlimited their whole catalog opens up to me and so you know to me because of where i live i don't live near a comic book shop and there's no comic coming out of marvel right now that i'm like oh i need to have the physical copy of because it's just that great of a story in my opinion like they don't have a book like that for me right now you know or nothing that really caught my eye or you know spoke to me um, so I'll probably end up giving Mar- Marvel Unlimited so I can just start uh, rereading or back reading a lot of the um, comics I used to read and seeing where they're at now. So that's probably my plan moving forward. Um, that's kind of it, man. Um, that's really what I've been up to here recently and what's been going on. We talked a little bit about the news. Um, moving forward, the things that I'm excited for that are coming soon, uh, prefer, I say soon, uh, as soon as March is when all this stuff is dropping or we'll actually get something out. I think that's coming even sooner. Um, so the Batman, uh, Marvel's next attempt at a Batman character, which I mean, I'm excited about. It's just, it's crazy how many different Batman movies and actors have played the Batman are coming out or have come out. Um, but this one with Robert Pattinson, I'm actually pretty excited for. I was excited when they announced him. I think he's a great actor. I thought he would look really good as the Batman. And with the trailers that have come out, I'm still really excited. I'm curious to see where they take this character and how they play it. And so that's coming out soon. And I'm excited for that. Uh, we got to see trailers for, um, Moon Knight and Halo. So Moon Knight's obviously going to be a Marvel television series. And then over on Paramount Plus, uh, a Halo series is dropping, which a trailer came out for that here recently. They've already come out and said this is not going to follow the canon of the video games. It's kind of like their own self-contained story. So, you know, I respect that they just came out and said that. Um, That way, you know, kind of tempers my expectations of of this series but it looks pretty cool you know um it looks like it's going to be action-packed and have some drama to it um it looks a little cheap which is kind of weird to say just i don't know man it just looks like cosplay but with nice cameras 
man, I don't know. <laughs> it just it looks weird on screen. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. And I know a lot of people are giving it hate the Halo series because it doesn't have the or it doesn't seem to have the voice actor from the video games voicing the Master Chief and. They had issues with the way Cortana looks, but you know what? It's an AI. They can change the way they look, so that's not really my deal. And hell, it sounded like Cortana to me, so I wasn't too freaked out by that. Anyway, so but those are two things I'm pretty excited for that are coming out soon. With all that being said, we can finally, in the final few minutes of the podcast, talk about my favorite Marvel projects from last year and how I rank them because that's what everyone's doing. And like I said, I've been wanting to just tell people the way I rank these because everyone's been telling me how they rank them. And I've just, I've been jealous. I'm jealous. I didn't have a platform to do that with last year and just jealous. I didn't really have a group of people to talk about it with, you know, and now I have some, some kind of friends at work that I can talk about some of this stuff with, but they don't, get into it as deeply as I do. I need nerds like you to listen to me and debate with me and agree with me. Yes, men is what I need. <laughs> Let me take a drink of water real quick. All right, guys. So we're going to start with my least favorite all the way to my most favorite. Um, I'm pretty sure number one will not surprise you, but I don't know. We'll see if along the way <laughs> I might throw in some surprises here or there. So we got nine of them. Um, there's been one, two, three, four movies and five television shows from last year. Um, so that, yeah, let's just see how this all plays out. So number nine on my list is the What If television series, uh, Marvel's What If, which, you know, it it's not bad. Like, none of these shows are bad. And so... The reason why What If is number nine and my least favorite, one, I just didn't finish it. And it was because I really didn't have a drive to finish it, you know? I just, and it's not that it's, like I said, it's not that it's bad. It's just, I wasn't really interested in it, man. Like, there was some cool stuff about it, but then, like, some other stuff I just really didn't care to see, you know? And I'm not, I don't know why. I just, that was just the way I felt about it. I just wasn't interested in if you loved it and it's one of your favorites, you know, good for you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I just didn't speak to me in that way. Uh, number eight on my list is Eternals, which was the most DC version of a Marvel film that I've ever seen. It just took a bunch of characters that we didn't know. Kind of like quirky, drama-filled, weird superheroes, which... I don't know, man. It had all the makings of a Guardian of the Galaxy, but just it wasn't the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know. I just really wasn't too interested in a lot of the characters. Um, you had, like, the Superman. They even made Superman jokes about this guy. And, like, the only two characters I really enjoyed were, uh, I think his name's Phasmos. He was the tech guy. Um, and he was just so... I loved his character because when he decides to go into hiding or like stop being an internal and just live a normal life, he gets a family, has a child, um, and fall, like falls in love and is living that life and just wants to be happy and wants to have his family be happy, which I thought was amazing. And then my other favorite character from that movie is, um, the valet guy because he was just funny. 
but like I don't know, man. I just didn't really care for the rest of the story. It just it felt like you weren't getting the full thing. It could have been a. I think the Eternals would have made for a better TV series than a movie. And I just I don't know, man. It it, it just felt so disconnected from the Marvel Universe while still trying to be within the Marvel Universe. I don't know. I just felt like the other TV shows on this list do it better and all the other movies on this list. Like, every other thing on this list does it better. Even What If, I think, does it better. But I still enjoyed Eternals more than I enjoyed What If because I finished Eternals. (laughs) Uh, Number seven on my list is Black Widow in... I this this one's pretty far down because I didn't really care for Black Widow. I I was more into her side characters, uh, Red Guardian, her sister Yelena, or Yelena, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Those two, like, like those were the ones I was really rooting for. And you know, and that's kind of what this movie was: is just setting up, hey, Black Widow's gone, but here's my sister, and this gonna, she's going to be rooting, tooting, and full of shooting. And so, I don't know, but it it was a movie. I watched it. There were some enjoyable parts to it, but not as enjoyable as what's next on my list, which is Hawkeye. Um, of course, it, it's funny that these two are so close together because they were so close together throughout the Marvel series and movies and stuff. But um, I, I definitely liked Hawkeye. One, it was almost... I, I want to say ripoff, but it was a, a great uh, nod to the comic book from Matt Fraction and David Aha that I love and I've collected in full and I have seen like on my shelf or on display for everyone to see. Um, getting to see Clint Barton, Christmas Time, Pizza Dog, uh, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, and the Bro Mafia, like the, the, those dudes. Getting to see all that played out in a television series was my jam, man. This show was made for people who enjoyed that comic and read that comic, and I was 100% behind it the whole way. Now, in the grand scheme of things, it's not really a a big deal. Get to see Elena again, which was great and fun. Um, Kingpin shows up, spoiler alert, which was awesome. And so, and and he's not the only um, Netflix Marvel character that we're going to see in these projects. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more coming in later. But Hawkeye was fun; it was enjoyable, but still only number six on my list. Number five on the list: Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I was a, another big fan of. I remember in the comic books when Sam Wilson becomes the next Captain America, and in this television series. Seeing Sam Wilson and uh, Bucky Barnes kind of tackle with the the thought of who should carry the shield and what does it mean and what does it mean when it's someone like Bucky who carries the shield or a black man like Sam Wilson who carries the shield, like how that's different and the socio... just the whole whole shebang with it, like you know the the sociology part of it, or like society part of it, and it, it's a great look at all that stuff, which I think, and also it's got great action, it's got a uh, interesting story. Baron Zemo's in it, and he's funny. Um, they bring back uh, what's her name? Is it Karen Carter? I don't know the the Shield agent that was like in love with Steve Rogers. She's back, and um, 
some really cool stuff. Uh, so that's why Falcon and Winter Soldier was number five on my list. Um, number four, we're taking it back to movies. It's uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now, this is not a great movie. It's very like point A to point B, very basic type movie, but it was a hell of a lot of fun, man. Like, I, I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, the guy, uh, I can't even pronounce his name, C, C, Mu, e, e, whatever, the guy who plays Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi. Like, I love that his real name is Shang. And when he moves, he escapes to America. He just names himself Sean. And there's even a joke about it, which is great. Um, he's a really likable dude. He's funny. He's charismatic. Uh, he did really good stunt work, I think. Um, his partner, Katie, in the movie, or like his best friend, Katie, in the movie. God, I can't remember her name. Isn't it like Aquafina or something like that? Yeah, I think I think that's it. And it's awesome. Um, they worked so well together they play off so well together and it really made the movie fun it was funny they bring back uh ben kingsley's character which is crazy how he gets tied up well i mean he also played the pretend mandarin in like an iron man movie so having him come back and having the actual mandarin be involved in here well not the actual well yeah yeah but they they talk about it in the movie like how racist that is that he just calls himself the Mandarin like that like how effed up that is and stuff and it's really funny man but like that's Sean Chi was a Marvel movie man it was fun from start to finish and I like uh, what is it Wong shows up in this too he plays a big part in this in a way and so it, it oh man it's just so much freaking fun dude. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. I don't know oh, how, man, it's so racist. The re- I feel like it is. So the, another character that I really loved in Eternals. Oh, God, what was his name? Um, started with a G or something. He was a like an Asian character, like a big burly guy who loved to cook, uh, loved uh, Angelina Jolie's character. I think Thena was her name. And he was a bruiser, though, man. Like he was a, a fist fighter. Like that was his power was just super strength and he was just a lovable guy who just loved family told jokes and was really funny and that was just one of my other favorite characters from eternals and that was pretty much the last one (laughs) so okay number four was shang chi number three back to tv the loki tv series and one because i like tom hiddleston and two i think this was kind of like the hey we're moving into the next phase of marvel movies television series you know um it dives into multiverses and time travel and it brings Loki back to life in a way. I mean, like, you know, cause the original Loki dies, like our timeline, Loki dies. Then in, uh, what is it? Avengers in game, they go back in time. And this version of Loki in the TV series is grabs the, uh, the cube and then, like just escapes and stuff like that. And so now this is him and to bring him to where our Loki is, they have to do like this really quick, like not kind of like cliff notes of, Hey, this is how your life plays out. And now you have all the same feelings as our current Loki does. (laughs) Like that's really what they do. And that's kind of like a shit thing to do, but you know, they do it. And now we're here. Now we have the Loki that we need to have. But like I said, it's a really cool, Look at what makes Loki Loki, why he's the way he is. Um, you have, uh, what's her name? Selfie or was that her name? Selvi? Maybe it was Selvi. She's in there, which is a, basically 
uh, Loki if he was a girl and it's just it's crazy man and the whole idea of variants and multiverses and how that all plays out and how the TVA was behind it all to make sure things don't get too out of whack but that was because who was really behind it all was Kang the Conqueror and how he's been trying to keep all other versions of himself from coming to this universe but it looks like uh because of what happens at the end of Loki now Kang the Conqueror is going to be a big bad that we have to deal with and so pretty interesting stuff but like really it's a really important TV series because it introduces all that stuff but it's also really good you know there's action in it there's drama in it um of course the kind of humor that only Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston can get into which is a lot of fun and so I really enjoyed this series and uh, Casey and I were starting to rewatch it because she hadn't seen it yet. And I was remembering all the reasons why I really love that television series while rewatching it with her. Number two on the list is WandaVision, which was the first Marvel property to come out last year. And to me, that's a big deal that it's still this high on my list, even though it being the first one and I have not rewatched it since the beginning. It's just, it has stuck with me that much. And I love this show so much, one, because it's so different than anything I thought we were ever going to get with a Marvel property, but two, because of how personal it is with Wanda and her um, handling her grief of losing vision and how she tries to bring all of that back to kind of make herself happy to, oh, not just that, but to deal with this grief, this loss. It's such a interesting story and where the hero is not maybe not the hero like wanda is definitely like as you get in through this story and spoiler alert you learn she's holding this town hostage like while she's trying to process all all this pain and loss she is hurting other people in the process and that what's that's what really makes this thing crazy um and just so different and so interesting you know and the the camera tricks that they do to have it play out like a sitcom and through different eras you know like the 60s 70s 80s 90s and 2000s like it's so much fun and it's so cool to get to see all this stuff and but there's a reason to it they explain why sitcoms why this like that's all brought to you in the show and then it all comes to a head at the end and it's still got like marvel action stuff in it by the end you know so like it gives you everything like gives you drama it gives you comedy it gives you action and that's what marvel's good at giving you everything you want and more and speaking of everything that i wanted and more number one on this list which everyone probably guessed it it's probably been on multiple people's uh top is Spider-Man No Way Home, the joint effort from Marvel and Sony. Uh, spoilers alert, spoiler alert, which you guys should all be aware. All the Spider-Men are back. Um, Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, they are all in here. And not just for a little bit. These guys get screen time. Like, it's great, man. It, it's fantastic. You get to see them interact with Tom Holland, Spider-Man with each other. Um, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man gets redemption in a way. Um, the villains, Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Lizard, Sandman, Electro. Electro gets a glow up, which is amazing and great because, oh God, they did 
fucking Jamie Foxx so wrong in the Amazing Spider-Man series. And so having just this whole thing and this whole movie, this event just blew my mind. This was the one thing, like every other thing I waited till it came out on a streaming service or like Disney plus or somewhere. I mean, everything else on this list did come out on Disney plus except for Spider-Man, no way home. But I had to go see this in theaters. So my wife and I waited until like it was almost out of theaters in our area before we bought tickets to go see it. And even then there were still people in that theater, but not a lot. So we were able to stay away and, you know, stay COVID safe, which is like the big thing that we try to make sure we do. But my God, I cried because I was so happy. I cried because something so terrible happens. And the way this movie ends while like, Peter wins and he's able to do what he needs to do to save everyone. He also loses. He loses everything because I mean, the whole thing that he wanted was for people to forget that he was Spider-Man. And by the end of the movie, people pretty much forget that Peter Parker exists and all of his friends, the love of his life, uh, happy, like they all forget him. And now he's not some Spider-Man backed by Tony Stark anymore. He doesn't have Stark tech to help him. He's your neighborhood friendly, poor boy Spider-Man. And that's the Peter Parker that we all know and love from the comics. And that's what Marvel did is got Spider-Man back to square one. And that's what always happens, man. Like if you've ever watched or have you ever read Spider-Man comics? It doesn't matter how big he gets. It doesn't matter how many doctorates or how old he gets marvel always finds a way to bring their comic book spider-man back to square one and that's what they did in the mcu it is tragic peter parker is a tragic character and they did not shy away from the pain in this movie like there's a lot of fun there's a lot of happiness like i said in the he gets the w at the end of the movie but at what cost you know it it, it brings the phrase with great power, there also must come great responsibility. And, you know, it's the consequences of your actions. And that's what happens by the end of this movie. And it, it's so fantastic for it. There's so many moving parts to it. There's so many, like, not just like storyline stuff, but like, mo- like moving, like just emotional stuff to it. And getting to see Tobey Maguire come back and play like this. Elder Spider-Man and uh, Andrew Garfield getting to like, he makes it like, I've always wanted brothers and like just wants love and, and to be included and get that here with spider, like with no way home. It's amazing, man. And I'm, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it, but it's a fantastic movie. If you have not seen Spider-Man no way home, you need to immediately put this podcast down and go watch it. Um, with that being said, guys, that's it. That's uh it for the show. That's my top nine, man. Um, hopefully your your list is exactly like mine. I know this episode was pretty long compared to most, but there was a lot more that I wanted to talk about. And so, yeah, there you go. Hopefully, it's not quite as long as it as this time next time. And that made absolutely no sense, but I think it made perfect sense at the same time. But thank you guys for listening to the show, and we will see you next week. See see y'all see y'all later. <laughs> Still don't have an ending. 